Set up your plan. Reach out to everyone and manage your talent. These three pillars of community banking success provide an inroad to growth. But silver bullets are in short supply and shortcuts don't exist. What to do? To find out, we'll talk with David Furness, CEO of Haberfeld Associates. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks very much for tuning into the podcast. We are excited to have you here with us. And on the podcast, coming in from Lincoln, Nebraska, we have David Furness. David is the Chief Executive Officer of Haverfeld Associates, and he's a former community bank CFO and COO. He's been in the banking industry for more than 30 years and ran the largest division of Alex Sheshinoff Management Services prior to joining Haverfeld. David serves on the Haverfeld Board and is a frequent speaker at state and national association meetings. David, welcome to the podcast. Lou, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And there's bad news, although not for either one of us. It's when banks get that analysis back that shows they aren't performing up to par. How do you think they can meaningfully act on something like that? And why do some banks in the face of the facts still fail to act? Well, Lou, I think fundamentally change is hard. I also think that change happens over time that bankers don't control. So we had the Great Recession that negatively impacted banks. And I think in that period of time, that unique period of time, banks made a lot of decisions that might have made sense in that time, but that time has changed. The banking industry has changed. Profitability dynamics in the banking industry has changed. And so that requires reevaluating some of those decisions that have been made and recognizing that we're not playing on the same field any longer and picking up the ball to play offense again. You particularly mentioned analysis. I think the banking industry does a lot of good analysis, but it is interesting to me that some of that analysis, I think, can lead to incorrect conclusions, in particular when things shift as they have. So, for example, in the Great Recession, banks' balance sheets were bloodied. They had tremendous liquidity. No one was looking to grow their customer base and gather more core deposits. That's not the case anymore. The industry is much healthier, and so now banks need to play offense. And so specifically to the analysis part, you know, banks will do branch profitability analysis or customer profitability analysis. They did that in the downturn, and most community banks you know, changed their product set to make sure they would never have an unprofitable customer again. They made a number of changes that are counterproductive to growth. And today, at least, most banks really want core customers and core deposits. They want to grow revenue streams, and it requires change in order to do that. You mentioned those unprofitable customers, 25% by some estimates are unprofitable, and they wouldn't appear to be worth the effort to some banks, but there's that silver lining that banks need to pay attention to. Explain to us what that looks like. Well, so there is an aspect of banking that is just baked into the way the business is constructed, at least for most community banks. And there is this hidden aspect that's never analyzed or measured and that is capacity. 
most community banks build really expensive factories that they call branches. And most will agree that they have excess capacity. In fact, most will agree they have tremendous excess capacity. If those same banks lent money to a factory running at 25 or 30 or 40 percent of capacity, the bank would be asking its customer, you know, what are your marginal revenues if you can sell one more widget compared to marginal costs? In banking, largely we don't do that. So we get account level data from a lot of community banks. So it's a really robust data set. Here's what that data says to us when we analyze it. For a typical community bank, an average new customer, one above run rate, if you look at the marginal revenues from that new customer, compare it to the marginal cost across many of our clients, they would say that the next core customer that walks in the door will throw off three to $500 a year in revenue and their marginal expenses to service them are somewhere in the 30 to $50 range. That customer then stays an average of eight to 10 years. And so it looks like when the business is constructed like it is, tremendous excess capacity, marginal revenues that are many multiples of marginal costs, that at a time when banks need funding and are looking to grow, taking a fundamental look at some of the decisions they've made makes a lot of sense. For most community banks, what they're able to get is more customers that look like the customers they're currently getting. We've actually seen it's very difficult for community banks to materially change the profile of those customers. So what that means in practice is this. If a community bank is gathering customers at the rate of X and they want to make that 2X, if 25% are unprofitable and the bank wants to grow, a terrible thing is going to happen along the way. And that is they're going to double the rates of those 25% that are unprofitable. That's very difficult for bankers to get past. What they need to realize, though, is that they'll also double the quartile at the top and they'll double the second quartile down. So the real embrace that they have to do is that growth is a good thing. We can get what our market will give us. But because of the way the business is constructed, if we get a lot more, we will perform better over time. Strategy, capacity, fixed versus marginal cost. Love it. But let's say I'm the CEO of a bank and I come to you and I say, David, I don't know where to start. Help me. So I think the first thing is embracing that you've got to re-examine decisions you've made and change some of those and be willing to do that. That's very, very hard. The economist John Maynard Keynes said, when facts change, I change my mind. What do you do? It does take embracing the idea that growth is fundamentally a good and profitable thing. And then you have to say, if that's true, we need a complete strategy in order to grow. So there is no silver bullet. I call it getting rich slowly through hard work. What you need to do is adopt a complete strategy for growth and be willing to test and throw out deeply held past beliefs and then go forward with that strategy. Deeply held beliefs might be, you know, marketing doesn't work. They think of marketing as an event. Marketing is not an event. Products we mentioned earlier. A lot of institutions have constructed product sets in ways that are effectively designed not to have another unprofitable customer. If you want to grow, you have to bring valid analysis, use data to make decisions, and accept the fact that we're going to have a few more losses. We're going to get a few more unprofitable customers and not let that kind of thinking get in the way 
of what is ultimately a very, very profitable strategy. Offline, we also talked about a concept I thought was fascinating. Your three pillars that apply to success in the community banking space. Share those with us if you can. The three pillars that we see as part of a robust growth strategy are the setup of the strategy, cleaning the house, if you will. The second part is outreach, sending out party invitations, if you will. And then the third piece is talent management. Uh, Banks people do really make all the difference in the world. So first, the setup. Typically, community banks are in the shadow of a lot of big institutions, and the bigs have all the advantages, right? Branches on every corner, there's a perception that they have way better technology, a more robust product set that certainly in the Great Recession, it was proven they were too big to fail while community banks were allowed to fail. So what a community bank has to do is make sure to knock down every one of those that they can. Products are a good example. If you wanna grow, it's easier to grow with good products than bad products. Very simple strategy, but it's true. One piece of the setup is to make sure our products are addressing the market that we have, and there are a variety of different markets there, but also that are attractive when we play offense. Second is policies. Many banks have layered in lots of policies over time due to you know negative things that occurred. They took a loss five years ago when this particular event happened and they layer in yet another policy. I call it barnacle scraping. Procedures as well. The process that your frontline people go through when someone comes in, the questions that they ask, how they greet them. So when you align products, policy, and procedure, then you can align sales process. You know, I distill this down typically into what I call the law of small numbers. If you really analyze how many core customers a typical community bank is acquiring, new customers, it's less than one per branch per day. Give me a break. It's a tiny, tiny number. Huh. And by the way, if they're going to you know, do twice as well, that means it goes to two per branch per day. That branch manager that's leading that team, the frontline person that they're interacting with, the way that they respond, answer questions, makes a huge difference. So if once you align products, policy, and procedure, then you can put in place a very effective sales process. Now, for community banks, we think that means disciplined and simple, not open-ended and going anywhere. We think the profile of people that are in frontline seats at community banks do better with a very disciplined sales process. And this, of course, is where the training comes in, right? A lot of lip service paid here, but training, 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 training. Those people make a lot of difference. Generally, the training provided in community banks is operational and compliance focused. Very, very little true effective sales process type training. Once we get the house in order and do all of that, then that earns us the right to do effective outreach. So many community banks have tried things before I deal with a lot of bank CEOs on a daily basis and I'll often tell them in particular, you know, you guys will think about growth and you'll think about making an acquisition and that's a big number and you're comfortable with that, you understand it. Or you'll think about a branching strategy and buying expensive dirt, building an expensive building on it and you understand that. But for most CEOs growing up like they did in their careers, they won't invest much in marketing And I get it. It's because they haven't had a good tangible ROI. It's, you know, to them, it feels soft and fluffy and 
brand awareness type things. But it is possible to do really effective marketing with a really tangible ROI. But first you have to clean the house, then you can do the marketing. The final pillar is talent management. You know, most community banks hire kind of by the seat of the pants, by sort of experience, by candidates that go through an interview process and we think they'll do a good job. Well, there are actually tools available today that can really help community banks make sure we get the right people in the right seats. And there are also tools to help coach people. Again, training is not an event, but beyond training, you've got to motivate people to perform well. So effective coaching and effective tracking of activities related to coaching can help improve performance dramatically in that third pillar of talent management. Well, products, policy, procedure, here are my three Ps, a passionate, positive pro. (laughs) (laughs) You did it, David. This has been fantastic. On behalf of the listeners, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Great pleasure. Thank you for having me. David Furness is Chief Executive Officer of Haberfeld Associates. You can look for David on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, change is hard. And it happens over time that bankers can't necessarily control, as with the Great Recession more than a decade ago. Since then, profit dynamics and the way banks do business has shifted. Thus, it's time to go on the offensive. And to that end, analysis is good. But watch for making incorrect conclusions, especially when the industry is much healthier today than it was previously. The wrong proactive change can be counterproductive. Number two. When assessing the unprofitable customer, remember the hidden aspect, your capacity. Account-level data from community banks shows that on the average, customers generate marginal revenues that are multiples of marginal cost. That equals three to $500 of business a year compared to 30 to $50 in expenses. What's more, these customers have the potential to stay on for 10 years or more. And number three, Be willing to re-examine your decisions and change your mind, tilting in the direction of growth with a strategic plan as opposed to a silver bullet mentality. Then go forward, understanding that the road to healthy profits takes time. The watchwords here are patience and confidence. And now BAI Banking Strategies presents My 21-Year-Old Self where our podcast guest talks about what they were like at 21, life as an emerging leader, and the advice they give themselves today. Talk about an early start. At age 21, David Furness was already a young banker in college at a small community bank. Back then, expense focus was the name of the game. But the benefit of experience taught David to turn the equation around. Here's how he reviews his learning curve and what he'd tell that young, aspiring banker today. Listen. When I was 21, I actually was a young banker in college and so learned a way of thinking. And I would say a piece of that would be at my small community bank, we were very expense focused. So get performance by making sure we, you know, we really tighten up on expenses and stay super focused on expenses. When I left and went to Alex Sheshinoff Management Services, I spent a number of years there and had the privilege of working with over a thousand banks over that time. And so I got to see how 
high performers think. And if there was one piece of advice I would give to me back when I was 21 now, it would be focus on revenues. If you get a revenue focus, if you think about growth, you need to manage expenses, but not over-focus on them. That's how high performers become eagles. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.